to our first reading and to our psalm. Uh, because they tie into the person that we celebrate today. Today's the memorial of St. John Hughes, who is known for two different things. He was known for promoting in a really strong fashion the devotion to the Sacred Heart of Christ. And he was also known for promoting the priesthood. And he was involved in France in the 17th century of uh, formation of priests, teaching priests and just forming them and getting them ready to be parish priests out, out and about in the parishes. And so he had both of those things that that's, he's known for. And there's a, there's a huge connection between the two. Uh, the Sacred Heart of Christ is the embodiment of his love. And uh, as St. John Vianney, whose feast we just celebrated recently, St. John Vianney says, the priesthood is the heart of Jesus Christ. And the, the idea here is that the priest has to exhibit the love of Christ in a, in a really exemplary fashion. That's his job. Okay? So he is supposed to be the embodiment of the true shepherd. Speaking of shepherds, we have this really powerful passage from Ezekiel. Uh, it's enough to make any shepherd tremble in their, in their uh, boots because God is not happy with shepherds who are not doing their job. And so at some point, the Lord is so frustrated with the shepherds, he says, I myself am going to shepherd my sheep. What does he mean? It's, it's a prophecy of the incarnation, when God himself would come down and be amongst us and be the head of his people and shepherd them, as Christ is known as the Good Shepherd. And so we've got all of these passages, especially in the Gospel of John, that tie back to Ezekiel. And the moral of the story is that Jesus is the Good Shepherd now. Okay? But he, by his, by, by way of extension, through the mystical body of Christ, continues to shepherd his sheep. When Christ, the Good Shepherd, ascended to heaven, he didn't therefore cease to be the shepherd of his sheep. He didn't cease to, it's not like he's an absentee landlord now, okay? So he, he shepherded his sheep for only, you know, 30 years and now he's out of here. No, no. He's going to continue to be that good shepherd, but he's going to be doing it through his priests, okay? And of course many priests fail in that job, but there's always going to be a, a group of priests on this earth that have the heart of the good shepherd, that have that sacred heart, that shepherd out of that place of pastoral charity and, and sacrificial love. What's the difference between a bad shepherd and a good shepherd? Well, one way I, I think we can actually get good help from the field of psychology. One way to understand what a bad shepherd is is, is simply this. Just like the shepherds that God is criticizing here in our passage from Ezekiel, the, the bad shepherd, basically he feeds on the sheep. And what, what we mean or what could be understood by this is this. The basis of the relationship between the minister and the person being ministered to has to be the needs of the person being ministered to. Okay, the spiritual needs, the moral needs of that person. Not the needs of the shepherds. Simple as that. Okay? And so whenever that there's a role reversal, 
and that that relationship becomes inverted, and the minister is ministering out of his own needs, that's a problem. Now he's feeding on the sheep. Now the sheep, he's basically using them to get his needs met. What might that look like? Well, you've got these very egregious violations of sexual abuse, of course, uh, but there's more subtle abuses where it might be a, a minister, a pastor, he ministers out of an idea where he's going to be the, he's the big cheese. He's, it's a, it's a, a means for him of, to, to aggrandize himself. And so it's, he's got to have people worship him. He's got to have people think he's the greatest thing ever. Okay. And he's going to do whatever it takes to always maintain that. And there's this kind of subtle narcissism that starts to creep into the way that the, the shepherd relates to his people. And, uh, you know, he might have a number of people who adore him, but at, at a deeper level, he's really kind of feeding his ego. And there's always going to be cracks in his ministry. Something bad is going to happen. Someone is going to get burnt. Someone is going to get hurt. And the true nature of how he operates is going to be exposed at some point. Okay. So that, that's just one example of, you know, this kind of inversion where the shepherd starts to fleece the sheep and starts to uh, feed upon them. In contrast to that, the shepherd always has to be a man of sacrifice and service that puts the needs of his people first. That's the foundation of that ministerial relationship. It's the needs of the people. Um, and we need priests that have that shepherd's heart. So let's take today simply as an opportunity to pray for such shepherds. For me, okay, uh, only God knows whether I'm doing a good job and, and living up to that high standard of pastoral charity. Um, and uh, let's pray for all of our priests and let's pray for our seminarians and let's pray for that the Lord would raise up more shepherds after his heart that have that pastoral charity. Uh, you see, the, the, the priesthood is a type of helping profession. It's similar to a psychologist, it's similar to a doctor, a uh, social worker. There, there's things in common that they have. And in all of those helping professions, it's the needs of the people being served that have to be met. The trick and the, and the challenge with the, with the Catholic priest is that he's always a priest to everybody. Okay, so he, everybody's needs are there, but his own needs, how do they get met? It's very difficult. It really is. Basically, he's got his brother priests. You know, to get his emotional and, and psychological and spiritual needs met. His brother priests. Maybe his parents. You know? Maybe a few lay persons who are not under his immediate pastoral authority, like a lay person that lives in another city, an old friend of his or something like that. But that's very, that's, a, that's tough because you know, you've got the Protestant minister, he's got his wife, he's got his family, he's got friends, so forth and so on. The psychologist has got 50 minutes where that other person's needs come first, and when those 50 minutes are done, he's got the rest of the world to meet his needs. So 
the the requirement for the priest to always put other people's needs first before his own. It's a very demanding one. It's not easy. A lot of, and this is why you see a lot of priests leave the priesthood and they want to marry because they feel like their their own needs are not being met. So it's very demanding, very challenging. But by God's grace, it can be done. And when it is done wonderfully well, it's a beautiful thing. We really see the heart of Jesus Christ flowing forth through that that man's ministry to the people. And the people really are being shepherded by that true shepherd, by the good shepherd, by Jesus Christ. It's a very, very beautiful thing. It's a sacramental reality. Um, and uh, there's nothing really like it. So we want to see that more and more. So let's pray. Um, let's pray for our priests. Let's pray for our seminarians. Let's pray for priests who've left the priesthood. Uh, that God, wh- however he deals with them, I don't know. But, you know, let's pray for them. And uh, let's, let's pray that the heart of the Good Shepherd would be seen. Um, and everything that St. John used was all about sacred heart of Christ and the formation of priests uh, would be realized in the, in the world, in the earth, for the good of the church, for the good of the world.